0: Hey everyone welcome back to growing up halal i'm your host amina and i'm your host sophia so this is our 19th episode really exciting if you're new thanks for joining us and if you're a returning listener thanks for staying with us through this journey of 19 episodes today's episode is definitely relevant because as you guys know spring sports are starting up in high school and um if they haven't already trials are kind of coming up so we're here with amira to talk about being a hijabi or just a muslim woman in sports and how Ramadan has an impact on Muslim women that play sports during this time. So Amira, we'd love to hear more from you.
1: Assalamu alaikum, my name is Amira Ahmed. Um, I'm a current high school senior, I'm based in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Um, And my main sport right now is cross country and track and field, um, which I play at the high school level and I intend to do um, club running in college as well. I have swum in the past, swum? Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> swum in the past, um, as well as, you know, playing multiple different sports. I've pretty much played every sport under the sun while I was little. Um, but yeah, track is, and cross country is my main sport now.
0: Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, I could never do track or cross country. So props to you. Running just, I don't know, that like baffles me how people can do that. But um, I have played field hockey since I want to say the eighth grade I played it for about three years and the same with lacrosse but I'm continuing lacrosse throughout high school no plans to play in college don't think I'm that good but <laughs> yeah those are my plans for now how about you Sophia so I
2: I've been fencing so I've been fencing since seventh grade end up seventh grade or like middle mid seventh grade and like within within fencing, there are three swords. So I do saber fencing, which is like the most aggressive, fast-paced sword. So I've been doing that since seventh grade. And I do plan to at least do club fencing at the at the college level. Um and in terms of like sport, sports I've done in the past like like America I've, I've done like a lot of sports in the past like when I was younger so before I started fencing I was like trying to find my sport so I did I tried like soccer I was on the soccer team freshman year and then I I stopped because I, I I can't do soccer but I did soccer for like a very long time and gymnastics and like track and stuff but fencing is like the one sport that I really connected with and like really fell in love with so I've been doing that since then yeah
0: that's actually really cool you don't really hear that people do fencing much I didn't even know that we had a thing here for fencing but it's really cool to hear that you do that
2: yeah yeah our state is like very actually like our state compared to other states is very is very like popular for fencing and like most of the Olympic athletes are from New Jersey actually so yeah yeah
0: So the next thing we're kind of going to talk about when it comes to sports would be any difficulties that you might face kind of as a Muslim woman being in sports with other maybe male coaches or referees or teammates and things like that. So we'd love to hear from both of you about kind of how you've dealt with experiences like that, kind of being around. I know track and cross country, it's a lot of like co-ed um, co races and, and so it's basically a co sport, same for fencing. So how have you kind of dealt with that, especially based on maybe what your parents have kind of limited you to or that kind of thing?
1: You know, for cross country, we would go to like a, a different location after school every day. So getting in a car with a bunch of boys, <laughs> um, was usually not a thing for me because my parents were not cool with it. So I'd always have to explain how those awkward conversations with the coaches that maybe did not understand. Um, Yeah, I think, I think it's pretty universal experience, but, um, you know, for cross country and stuff, there wasn't, thankfully, obviously, you don't have to, like, after a race, you don't shake hands or anything or, like, you know, no contact. But um, those awkward situations where I was, like, in, like, close quarters with a bunch of teenage guys, (laughs) which were most of the team, (laughs) um, was a little bit awkward,
0: yeah. So, kind of relating to maybe awkward conversations or, you know, just feeling kind of awkward... Um, I think next we're going to talk about kind of clothing and how other people react to whatever you're wearing, because obviously, like, it's normal to you, it's normal to all of us. But for other people, it's not. And a lot of the time, they feel the need to kind of comment or, you know, say something about it. So um, what are the kind of experiences you've had maybe with clothing? um, And how have you dealt with that?
1: Yeah. Um. So in track and field and cross country, I guess I'll use them interchangeably. Pretty much the same thing, kind of. Um. But they, um, my team wore either tanks with like like the uniform for competition or a like super tight athletic, um, athletic kind of material shirt that was like very form fitting and it was short sleeve. Um. And I really couldn't accommodate either of those because. Um, they were first like really tight, but also they're pretty short, so they would not go past your butt. Um, and I wear um, like I guess like spandex, like running tights. Um, I guess they're just the most practical when you're racing um, to have something that's not like flowy. So I would wear those and like something that was kind of long, you know, just to cover my butt and everything. Um, so I had to uh, you know ask for accommodation. I asked my coach. You know, they had these sh- um, the new uniforms, like the short sleeve ones, made uh i guess specifically for our team or whatever so i said you know i'm sure they have like long sleeve versions of the same color like can i just get one of those um that's like baggier and um we went through a whole entire experience with that because they they went and got like a long sleeve version but it was too short didn't cover anything and i was like i mean like thank you i appreciate it and you know there's always like that um i feel like that complex of like you know feeling bad like Like for asking for accommodation, feeling like you're making um, a big deal out of nothing when really it shouldn't feel like that, you know what I mean? Um, But yeah, that was definitely an ordeal that I had to deal with. Um, Always like um, the questions and (laughs) from your teammates and, you know, maybe fellow competitors and your coaches even not understanding, which uh, I'm sure Sophia will talk about. (laughs) Yeah, uh, but I was just gonna say, like definitely <laughs> it's very sweaty. <laughs> it's a very sweaty ordeal, literally dripping everywhere. But I know it's like um it's been a journey like finding what works for me. It's like a science, you know, you have a lot of trial and error. I think um over the past few years I figured out, um I kind of I did like a transition from sprinting mm. to long distance. Um First like year of running, I wanted to sprint, like only like the shortest events because I that was just what was more fun to me. But like, after like a year of doing it, it was no progress. I was the slowest in the county. Like it was really bad. Like I was not good at sprinting. And I was like, let me like, maybe like train with cross country, just see like, I don't know, maybe it'll make me better. And then I found out, okay, like I'm actually really decent at long distance running. I just wasted a year on sprinting, but okay. Um, And long distance running takes it to another level, at least with sprinting, you know what I mean? It's so short, you're running for maybe like two, three minutes max, and then you get a break, and you know what I mean? It's not a very sweaty ordeal, (laughs) but long distance, you're running like anywhere from three to like eight miles, sometimes more. Um, In the hot sun, like you said, in the fall. So I've kind of like come up with, you know, a wardrobe of uh, athletic clothes. You know, like you said, sometimes you need, like, a lot of layers, which I think in the winter, it's very advantageous to be a hijabi. but, um, (laughs) but in the summer and, like, the warmer months, um, I've kind of figured out that, like, the tights for me work with, like, um, if you do a lot of searching on the internet or just in your mall, you can find, like, uh, you know how they have, like, the athletic, um, lightweight shirts with like a hood mm-hmm. so they actually have them you know that'll like kind of be like dresses i guess come down to like mid thigh which work so well so either those are like um sometimes i find like thin hoodies that are huge like eight times too big for me but like they cover you know mm-hmm. so definitely that but yeah so my freshman year i um decided to do swim uh, i i had, <laughs> I, had, I didn't even know how to swim other than doggy paddle like, I had never actually swum freestyle in my entire life. But my friend was like, I want to do it. Like, come on, I'll, I'll do it if you do it. So I was like, why not? And it was my first year. I was a freshman, and I didn't know anybody because we had just moved. So I was like, you know, this I'm, like, the only hijabi in the class. Why not, like, surprise everybody and be like, um, you know, we're <laughs> <laughs> on a wet wetsuit to swim practice. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, as you can imagine, swimming with, like, uh, full, I mean, as we know, like, when we go swimming as hijabis, there's, like, cloth floating everywhere in the, in the
2: water, but, um, process, like, wearing the wetsuit, and then, like,
1: <laughs> yeah, um, so, first of all, the wetsuits are so expensive, my mom was, like, you can't pick another sport, like, really, <laughs> but, um, I had to pick a wetsuit, and honestly, I was, like, a little bit out of my comfort zone, that's why, probably also why I only did it for one year, but, um, <clears throat> Obviously, you know, a wetsuit is very tight. Like, there's, it's not, there's anything. And it has to be tight when you're swimming. So everything was kind of exposed, which is, um, caused a few, like, I don't know. It was a little weird. It was difficult because I had to, in order to make myself comfortable wearing that, I guess, I had to separate myself as much as I could from the half-naked boys <laughs> on the other side of the pool. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it was like a full, uh, wetsuit. And I would wear, like, um, not a Nike hijab, but... <clears throat> You know, like the uh, they call them. I think Amira hijabs, but um, you know, the little ones that you wear when you go to the meshtin when you're like the slip-on ones.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, I would wear that, so, and I would tuck it.
2: In.
1: <laughs> I remember at time at that time my hair was like really long, and I would wear it in a braid and then tuck it in. Oh my god! So we had practice at like from like uh eight to ten I think every night. Um, and I would come home like so sleep deprived i just wanted to go to sleep and i was tired because i was really bad at swimming so it took a lot of effort and my hair girl like whenever it's like stuck in a wetsuit and like rubbing up against chlorine and a bunch of fabric literally the tangles were insane it would take me like an hour just to get through my hair it was insane anyways that's besides the point um but yes i would wear a wetsuit and i know a lot of the times like when we go to competition, um, first of all, not only do people look at you very weird because I'm pretty sure most people in the U.S. have never seen jabby <laughs> sw- swimmer competing, you know. But also, a lot of the officials would always pull my coat aside and like, you know, um, I guess ask about or like I don't know. They would they would think that I had like I think there's um, a fabric, a certain kind of fabric that kind of like. I, they used to wear it in the Olympics. You know, they used to wear, like, the wetsuits. Not wetsuits, but kind of, like, half-wetsuit. And then there was, like, a fabric in it that they found, like, help you float or something. Um, and so they banned it, and they don't wear them anymore. But, um, obviously, <laughs> I'm not going to the Olympics. My suit does not have that. It was literally, like, fabric, guys. Like, it was not a big deal. And they would always pull them aside and ask, and then they'd have I have to show them, like, take it off and show them the tag. And, like, it was a whole ordeal. And it was, like, come on, first of all. I was always the last because I had never swam. I literally learned how to swim, guys. Like it was bad. I was so I'm Ill- by this this like like
2: fabric wearing like <laughs> girl. Like I, yeah, yeah, no, that's. It was really embarrassing, but
1: I was always last anyways, and, like, it wasn't a big deal, and I think I just felt, like, targeted because they would always call me out, and it was obviously unnecessary. Like, I wasn't beating anyone. I didn't have an advantage over anyone. I promised this hijab and wetsuit is not giving me an advantage over anyone. Like, I'm trying not to drown here, okay? Um, <laughs> so they would always do that, and it was an ordeal. I quit that after one year just because, one, it was really time-consuming. Like I said, it was, like, until 10 p.m. each night, and, like, I had school, guys, so Mm -hmm. I'm not, so I quit that, and my dad was also, um, I guess he would come to practices sometimes, and (laughs) I'm sure most Muslim dads feel like this, but, like, he'd get really uncomfortable, because obviously the boys are wearing, like, speedos (laughs) speedos <laughs> and i'm over here in like a very form-fitting suit so um he kind of convinced me he was like you know maybe find something else <laughs> and i was like you know okay i'm really bad at it anyways why not so that's when i moved to track i did track that out, uh, outdoor season that year but that was really long
2: i'm sorry <laughs> no that i was i think that was that was so relevant and like i feel like a lot of people go through this so it's so important to like really be honest about like all of this Like, you know? So like I think, hit, like, Nike job came out, like, when we were in 10th grade, maybe, 9th-ish? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. But, like, I remember, like, wanting it, and then I didn't have it for a while, but, like, so I just, like, managed somehow. I don't know. I had, like, these, I don't know. But... You'd have to wash your job every day. And like, I'd be so lazy. And also freshman year, actually, fun fact, I was dumb and young and stupid. So I did two sports in one season because that's the genius that I, I was also like taking all the hardest classes that year. And I actually died. Like I would have like school right, until like the three or whatever, 2.30, I don't know. And then I would have soccer practice until five. And then I would go to fencing at like six or seven. I would come home at nine. And then I would study until like three AM. It was not, it was not healthy. It was not good. But anyway, I was wearing the same hijab for both sports, right? So it would be like really, really, like really bad. Like and cleaning it is a whole another thing. You have to like wash it every time. And like, I'd be so, I'd be so tired after practice so that I just go like, after fencing, I just go home and sleep because I'm just so exhausted from two sports. And then I would wake up at like one and then do my work then. And that's why my grades weren't that wasn't, wasn't that great freshman year, but, uh, but I would be too tired to like, you know, like go put my like hijab. And then sometimes I would just like, my hijab would just really smell bad and like stuff. So that was such a, like, it was so bad. And um. But I think once the Nike job came out, I don't know, like I was really I had high expectations for it because it's Nike. Right. So I got it and like it wasn't that great. (laughs) It really wasn't that great. Like, I don't know, like it wasn't that great. Like when whenever we were fencing, like it would slip like slide off you know so sometimes i didn't feel comfortable wearing it but like i have no choice (laughs) like you know i i hope that like more companies come up with like more more um like comfortable like hijabs like nike obviously took the first step in doing that i know um what is it I h h H? i don't know what's the company called hot hijab yeah yeah hot hijab yeah yeah yeah. i know they came out with something recently over over this pandemic time but I know, maybe I'll like check that out, you know, for college. But yeah, like, I feel like the whole finding good, finding a good hijab to work with is a whole process in itself.
1: I remember, I think it was like freshman year, maybe my first track season. And um, I really wanted the Nike hijab because, okay, the models they put it on, it looks so good. And I was like, okay, wow. So I, it was like $30. And I was like, Come yeah, on. it was so expensive.
2: That's why I didn't buy it at first
1: i was like i literally have hijabs the same thing in my closet like but okay i'm gonna do it i bought it and um or my mom bought it and <laughs> i tried it for one day and i was like no first of all i look like an egg <laughs> it was really bad i did not like the way it just didn't fit my face at all and i looked ridiculous um and also like you said there's like this strap or like band or something around it. i don't know if they thought yeah, that was gonna happen yeah. Okay. no it just like came down and, and it was not practical at all for me and um the fabric just I didn't like it and anyways it didn't work so I in quotation marks lost it and my mom got really mad she like too <laughs> that's so funny $30 like what do you mean I was like I don't know where it went mm, maybe just the trash or something but um, <laughs> you know anyways that was gone but I know for me it's kind of been a huge thing like um you know there's really no option in track like when you're at least when you're racing wearing like this kind of hijab is not practical at all you have to wear something one piece but for me i really don't like the way i look in a one piece hijab this i just don't like i haven't found one at least that i i kind of like um and that was always like an insecurity for me. You know what I mean? I remember like wearing my coaches would actually get frustrated because I would wear like one of these hijabs and we would start warm ups, which is like a mile around the track, and I would be like holding on to my hijab, <laughs> like trying not to let it fall. And my coaches would be like, Just wear the other one, like why like that one doesn't fall off and I was like, Yeah, but like I look so bad. Like I just was not my self confidence. went down to here and I'd always make sure my hood was on, like it was not cool. Um, but I think over time I've kind of learned that like, like nobody cares, first of all. Really, yeah no team cares to them you look the same with and without like the same hijab the two different hijabs um but that was a really big issue for me and i haven't i've yet to found find um i don't think like any of the brands have released i've tried a few of them they all kind of have that very form-fitting thing which is very practical for exercise but um what i found is some of them um i think maybe hot hijab released one like this with their latest line but it's like it's like this hijab except it's like jersey and it's already attached right like so it's like this you just slip it on basically but it has this in and then you just like wrap it around and it's like this but it stays on because it's already connected which i have found really works for me because one it gives me this kind of style that i'm more comfortable with but um also it doesn't like slip around or move around or anything so that's what works for me
2: that's so interesting. I, I didn't realize that they had that was like an option. Like that's so interesting that I I did see that they had like different options, but I didn't know that was one of the options. So that's that's really good to know. Um, i was gonna say actually a moment that i had i, I this was i when i was at my old club and my coach was obviously it was he was a guy so my new my new coach is a, she's a girl so she's super understanding like she like she's so interested in learning about like islam and like our culture and like our like customs or whatever she's always asking me questions and stuff so like she's really like it's really comfortable like working with her but with the old coach like there is this one that i i don't know if it was because of the nike job I don't know what it was. I just wasn't wearing the right hijab that day. But it's like, you know, when you're fencing, you wear a mask. You wear um, your, your your helmet mask thing. It's been so long since I fenced. I forgot the name. Mask. So you take, well, after you're done with your belt, you take off your mask. Or I think one time I was fencing and then the hijab like slipped off. So inside, when I was wearing my mask, my hair was just coming out. And then I took off my hijab. I, didn't, I just didn't realize it was coming out. But I took off my mask and my hair was just all out. And my hijab was just off. And then I was just there, like, one of, like, three girls there. Everyone was a guy. And my hijab was, like, I, my hair was just all exposed. And it was, like, really, really embarrassing. And I had to, like, go to the court and try to, like, fix it. And obviously, like, everyone was, like, really, like, they no one, like, talked about it. Like, no one was just, like like made like you know pay attention to it and I was like fine but like I felt so embarrassed in that moment I don't know if it was a Nike job I don't know but yeah I don't know if other like I feel like a lot of athletes have had like hijabi athletes have had experiences where they've accidentally like you know they're I don't have you had any experience where your hair is just like <laughs>
1: you know? definitely not in sport like thankfully oh. um I remember uh so my hair like I said would be really long and I remember the girl my girlfriends at like um or during in track or whatever um they would like gather around me so my hair would like unravel and I'll, you can't just continue running when your hair is just like falling out of your hijab. Right. <laughs> like stop and like lift up like an another hijab or like a piece of clothing like around me and form a circle so I can
2: oh my god like like that like that to see from that show yeah
1: only time it was great everybody was always laughing at us but like i loved them so much they were not muslim but they always like create a circle around me so i could fix my hair before like whatever my next race or whatever that it was great but i definitely have had those experiences i remember it wasn't in sport it was i was in school and it was like math class freshman year or something and i used to i don't know i've kind of found my style over this over the past i think i've been hijabi for like i guess we're coming up on four years now maybe mm-hmm. um but um they, I was in math class and I used to wear like the umpta, right and um or the underpiece and I oh that was also my first year wearing hijab was freshman year right so I didn't no experience I didn't know what fit my face or whatever and I was just sitting in class and apparently it like fell off at some point like at some point not the, the umta but just the, this part so i was just wearing the undercap and I know you I don't know if like this is how you wear yours
2: yeah yeah yeah, I, 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 yeah yeah
1: so it looks ridiculous and the whole class just nobody told me so i was just sitting there with my undercap on and i literally left class and i walked through the hallways
2: oh my god i picked up my phone and i was like oh my god no one god. told you anything
0: oh my god i are so foul oh my
2: god why
1: didn't they say anything to you oh no this is so mortifying but I don't think anyone remembers that but I hope not but yeah thankfully that hasn't happened to me in sport but
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) But like you have you have the friends who who are you know willing to make a circle for you that's what matters in the end that's that's so that's so wholesome like I've seen that in in that show but like I didn't realize like I can't imagine that happening
0: in real life but Nice to have that. Or that one video that like came out where like um a hijabi soccer player like she was playing and then it like slipped mm-hmm. off and then the other teammates kind of made a huddle huddle around her.
2: Yeah. I found that
0: weird because her own teammates didn't do it, but the other team's teammates did it. And I was like, "Wait, what? I mean, like I'm glad I'm glad they're understanding and are like kind people, but I don't know, that just that was a weird thing." Mm-hmm. But also about the Nike hijab, this is the first I'm hearing about it obviously cuz I don't wear hijab, but It's weird to me that they're not making it more, maybe, like, excessive, like, $35. Like, I don't know how much one usually is, but I feel like it shouldn't be that much. Yeah, and I I feel like
2: every, like, hijabi athlete feels obligated to buy it. Because, like, it's, like, the Nike hijab. Like, if the Hajj Muhammad model with it, like, every, like, she was, like, a... What was it? She was She was the model for like she was advertising, she was promoting it on her Instagram, or whatever. So I, I, I feel like everyone is felt obligated to buy it even, even though it was so expensive. And even like I went a year without buying it just because of how expensive it was, but then I eventually bought it too. And it's like, they should make it more accessible, honestly. But honestly, honestly, like from experience, I don't think it's worth buying. So like, I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say go and buy it now. Um, maybe check out the the one that Amira was saying from Hot Hijab, but yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of like
1: brands that, like Islamic-owned brands that do the same thing, they work. I'm sure exactly the same. So,
0: yeah. For sure. So, kind of relating to wearing hijab and stuff like that. Um, I know, Mira While we were planning, we were kind of talking about um microaggressions that you've had to deal with because of hijab, or just your coaches blowing things up out of proportion because you're hijabi. So, can you talk about maybe stuff like that?
1: Definitely. Um. So I know there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding. I guess, or I just. It was very foreign to them you know they had never worked with a hijabi athlete um or a muslim athlete actually um so it was just a lot of explaining to do i remember my first like year and a half like i just wouldn't talk to them about anything i would like make myself as accommodating as i could to them i guess um just because i didn't want to make things awkward but Uh, Once I started, like, actually progressing, you know, at least in the sport, like, with my running and stuff, um, I kind of had those difficult conversations and, you know, the whole boys thing and, um, you know, kind of, you know, like I said with the shirt earlier when we were beginning, um, they didn't understand. They're like, well, it covers your skin. Like, it covers everything, all your skin. I was like, yeah, but, like, you already know what my body looks like because... (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Because it's so tight. Like, it's not doing anything. (laughs) I might as well be showing skin. So, um, kind of having those conversations was definitely um, a hurdle. But I know I did have some bad experiences. And I don't think... I don't know. I don't feel like it was, like, Islamophobic or uh, I guess xenophobic for some instances. But, like, I don't think they were ill-willed. I think they were just uneducated. I remember one time um we were like I um one of my coaches was in Egypt she lived in Egypt for a while and so she thought she was the end all be all on Islamic knowledge because she lived in Egypt but she'd always you know have conversations with me about it and whatnot but we were talking about something I don't even remember and then one of my other coaches who was actually notorious (laughs) in our school that's why we don't have anybody on the track team because um nobody wants to deal with that coach but she walks up and um, she's like, Oh yeah, those are the people that stone their women. Um what? And I was like and everybody else didn't like it didn't even bat an eye. And I was like, Did I hear that right? Did I hear that right? Because I'm about to report you woman. Like, excuse me? I would what? Anyways, I was that was definitely one experience and like I don't I feel like uh people that are outside of the Muslim or you know, just I guess I guess they call it like MENA, like Middle East, uh, South Asia kind of, you know what I mean? That world, um, those are normalized. Those comments are normalized. Like they, they don't even see anything wrong with them. Um, and I was like, no. And I went back and talked to my friends and like, you know. But yeah, there've definitely been a lot of microaggressions that you just have to deal with on the daily, I think, that they become so normalized that I don't even like point them out. I don't even like recognize them sometimes, you know what I mean? Um, I know... Thankfully, my teammates have been um, amazing. Like I said, they were <laughs> always kind of stick around me when I need them. But um, it was so cute. They would always like be like try on the hijabs. I remember one of my friends was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear it one day during practice, just to see, just like in solidarity." And I was like, "Oh my god, thank you so much. I love them so much." But they've definitely been my support. Um, later in the cross country season last year, um, I'm sure whoever's listening is familiar with the story of Nora Abu Karam, who um, is an Ohio runner, cross-country runner, and she was disqualified from one of her races um, because of hijab. And, um, you know, my coaches had already, you know, if, if um, officials at the meets and whatnot were, like, having questions about, my hijab or my apparel because like you said most people in track like they're wearing spandex shorts and tank tops so a lot of the time they call me out and be like why are you wearing like leggings or you know um I'd have like an Under Armour like logo or label or whatever on my leggings and they would be like that's an issue and blah 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 and whatnot so my coaches would already always be having those conversations with officials trying to like root for me but um after that incident with no happened my coaches went to like the county like or VHSL which is like the state league for high school sports and um got me like a waiver to carry around and I think uh it was really symbolic for me I was like I felt like why like that I shouldn't have to carry a waiver around (laughs) like that's ridiculous you know what I mean I shouldn't have to validate it first of all I mean, I understand, like, the uniform guidelines are there, especially in some sports, because they might give you an advantage or whatever, or be, like, unsafe, but my hijab and my leggings are not unsafe to anyone. My long sleeves are not going to hurt anyone in a race where I'm already, like, five feet apart. Like, I'm not- this is not a contact sport. You know what I mean? I think there's so many of those instances where it's really blown out of proportion, like- like i understand like if there's actual you know meaning behind it but there's there's not and we're not harming anyone and like you know we're not pushing our belief on anyone i remember explaining it to one of my coaches who was kind of like if we didn't really understand as if You know, you're not disqualified for wearing a a cross necklace, right, when you're running. So why am I disqualified for wearing this on my head? It's the same as somebody wearing a headband. Like, they're wearing these Nike, these giant, you know I'm talking about? this like, giant, like, two-inch Nike um, headbands covering most of their head anyway. Why can't I wear this, you know? So that's definitely um,
2: a thing. I guess I've never really. I don't. I don't think I've experienced microaggressions, thankfully. Um, but like, I I can see how, especially in a school setting, I think it's it's you're, you're more more likely to get those questions and those like glances. But because I go to a private private club where everyone is like, it, we're all just like friends. Like it's you know we're we're like we all like I don't know like also I I think also like the the place that I go to everyone is so young like I'm like the oldest kid there actually like they're all like in middle school and it's so wholesome because they're all like so sweet like they're all like so understanding and like they want to know about my culture and like about hijab and like about Ramadan and fasting and it's like so wholesome like these kids are like what like in fifth like fifth grade eighth grade ninth grade like they're all so young and it's really I I love like being able to like grow with them like you know in this club and like really become friends with them and stuff so i think i've had a really really different experience unfortunately i mean unfortunately like you know i can see like i feel like most people have the experience that amira has in school but i think it's important for us to talk about this because you know we all a lot of us go through this and it's like really unfortunate i think um something else you wanted to talk about and this is like something like you don't have to be a hijabi athlete to two experiences but like and you can be any gender anything but like missing prayer because of practice so like like I said before I used to have like two two sports like in freshman year two sports and I would basically like through that I would be missing like Zuhr, Asr, and Maghrib and then I would only come home for Isha and then I don't know about you guys but I like try to make it up at, at night like you know the ones that I miss each day and it was like a, it was like the, like for an entire year i was just like missing prayer consistently and like that's not right because and it was because i was afraid to like ask my coaches and like tell them that like i need to go fast like i said i need to go pray and like it it like i didn't have the courage to like bring it up and i didn't think it was like obviously it's important for me to bring it up but i didn't think it was like you know something that i needed to talk about and I, th- I think it's important for us to like for us to you know like talk about it and like, explain to our coaches because if we don't start now it's like the next generation of like like muslim athletes they're gonna have to experience this too and nothing's gonna change it's just gonna be a con- constant cycle of us just missing prayer for sports when you know there is a way for us to pr- like stop stop that um so i know like with my club for example like we do like open so we have like um in, at the end of practice we have like open bouting, so we just like free fence and we it's kind of like free time kind of but like we're fencing so that I like go and take a break and I go and pray in a different room and I, I started doing that like around 11th grade that's when I started getting the confidence to actually like tell them like oh I, I need to go do this but I think before that I was really scared so I'm just here to tell you don't be scared it's important to go and tell them and explain explain your situation But Amir, have you ever had experiences, you know, that? Yeah, um, thankfully, actually, so
1: um, uh, my schedule, I guess, just like fits really well with the prayers, and also, um, so in school, of course, like the Quranas would pass, and um, we would, my best friend and I, actually, we would, she's also Muslim, um, we would, uh, ask, I think in our sophomore year, we went and asked the principal. Like, hey, uh, during Ramadan is when we ask. We were like, um, especially, like, during Ramadan, we especially don't want to miss our prayers. And um, and we also want, like, a a space where we can chill you know not watch people eat and um, <laughs> so they accommodated that and there's like uh, one of our teachers one of the art teachers she's amazing she's like very interested in learning about others religion and culture and whatnot um, she opened up one of her she had like a side room or whatever so all of the Muslim kids could sign up beforehand and like go in there to pray um, and to like during their lunch block or whatever so that was like super accommodating I never really had an issue uh, with missing my prayers because of that um, yeah so I, I think i was just really lucky <laughs> because it just fit my schedule but yeah and then i would go like right after practice also like to the meshjin for uh, i did like on classes so i would go right after so it was just very convenient for me
0: That's well, it's really cool how you both were kind of able to um you know keep it all going while you're playing sports I know that can like Sophia was saying that can be pretty difficult for someone who maybe is afraid of their coaches or kind of you know doesn't have that support another thing you said that uh, like really resonated with me was the fact that all of your teammates were really really helpful and are really really kind because I know that can be a little hard to find sometimes especially depending on where you go to school what sports you're playing like getting that support from your teammates and having understanding teammates isn't something that I think should be taken for granted and I don't I don't think either one of you have and I think you understand like yeah that's like a really vital part of your journey playing sports so I'm really happy that you both have that and I hope that other people are able to have that and if they don't you know eventually kind of find that support system with their other teammates so thanks for sharing all of that with us but so next we're kind of you know relating to talk about Ramadan um Amira we wanted to know and even Sophia like how are you planning on staying active during Ramadan and I know Amira you were kind of talking about how you did heavy training for an entire season while also fasting so we want to know how you did that because that seems kind of impossible yeah so um last
1: year during Ramadan of course we were in the pandemic so we're all home which made it definitely a little bit easier um to manage but uh so and I was long distance running and we were planning on going back. We didn't know COVID was going to be like that bad. Um, and so I was planning, I was getting, I was training for the outdoor season, outdoor track season. And I wanted to cut down my mile time. So we were doing a lot of training for that because a time trial was coming up, which is basically like a mock race. And um, so I would like came up with a schedule that just worked where it was definitely difficult. And it definitely does take a on your body. I think at some point there's like a degree where as a Muslim athlete, Uh, If you're committed to your training and you're also committed to your faith, you just have to kind of take the brunt and be like, yeah, I'm going to be really exhausted and my body's going to feel like crap sometimes, you know? But, um, yeah, so what I would do is I would wake up for Sahoon, and then I'd go back to sleep. I'd wait, I'd pray, and then I would, like, wait, like, I like to wait an hour before I sleep after eating so I'd wait like an hour go back to sleep and then like I said we were in quarantine so thankfully I don't think this would have worked at all if we were in school but um I would just wake up you know after like whenever I woke up honestly it was usually around like 10 or 11 um and then you know school whatever and then I would go and work out and my workouts were it depends so when you're in training it's like you'll have recovery runs um just like maintenance runs like just just like four or five miles and then long runs which could range from six to like eight miles um and so you know like the shorter runs were always easier um especially once you've already built up that level of training from like the rest of the school year from cross country and indoor track it your body's used to it so it wasn't like a shock i definitely wouldn't recommend it if you're like oh i'm gonna start this fitness journey during ramadan don't do that because your body is probably gonna burn out but um, I would go right before my time. So I would say, okay, my, I know my run is going to take exactly this long. If I run this pace for however many miles, Um, and so I would time that. And then, so let's say I was running four miles. Take me, I don't know, like, maybe 30 minutes, maybe less, something like that. If I was going at a certain pace. And then I was, okay, so 30 more minutes, give myself like 10 more minutes, 40 minutes before time to break fast and then go run it especially while the sun was like coming down it, you know because my parents definitely were not okay with me going out after sun sundown um i know a lot of muslim runners specifically will go and do their runs like after um the sun has set or before uh fajr, but for me that wasn't practical because my parents were just not cool with me going to run alone in the dark um and i don't have like a treadmill or anything so i would do it right before maghrib and then um I have like you know my strength training and stuff i would do that after i ate um and that worked pretty well i know towards the end i honestly got like really burned out i think the longest run i did was six miles um fasted and that was (laughs) he double hockey sticks is honestly really bad (laughs) i would not recommend if you don't have to do it if you have the option to do it like during eating hours i definitely recommend it but it's doable you know um I think definitely if during the school year if we had been going to in-person school it would not have been you know very practical because um, I have practiced like right after school and it's obviously really hot sometimes and and then you would go home and like be what dehydrated for the next six hours until it's time to eat um, but I know when I was actually in school and it was Ramadan my coaches were super accommodating with it um, my coach like I said she lived in Egypt so she was very actually um, knowledgeable and experienced about this because she ran competitively in Egypt with a lot of other muslim uh runners um and so she would like give me the tips she'd be like okay drink pedialite drink this eat this this morning and then they would make my workouts like um they would shorten them or they'd give me like longer breaks so that i wouldn't like die out and make sure i didn't get dehydrated um and at that time i was still sprinting like i didn't i never had like a Ramad- ramadan in school while i was long distance but yeah so my coach is really accommodating while i was in school but that's kind of how i how i worked around in ramadan also um definitely it takes a lot of self-control um i know a lot of this is a universal muslim experience i think but like You know the banjing during Ramadan you know you finish and you just eat everything and it's usually not healthy stuff either but really uh like i said if you're dedicated to your training and you set out that plan you're like okay i'm not gonna eat this kind of food i'm gonna try to stay balanced you you know what i mean and get in everything that i need um also hydration is so key drink so much water because it does help and honestly If you drink, if you're drinking enough water, you're not going to get dehydrated. Do you know what I mean? Um, because realistically, if you, if you had been drinking the same amount of water throughout the day or whatever, um, that you're usually fasting, it's going to be, it's going to, your body's going to deal with it the same. Do you know what I mean? Um, so hydration and proper nutrition and timing is key, I think.
2: Oh, okay <laughs> I was gonna say that is insane like I don't know what other uh other Muslim athletes do but whenever Ramadan comes I just don't go to like I just don't go to practice don't do anything because I'm so weak I am not I don't have the courage to do that but so like you I know last year or no no last year 10th sophomore year uh it was my first year going to nationals. so like basically in fencing it's like um there's something called summer nationals and it's like you have to qualify to go but it's like not that difficult to get qualified to go and then you it's like the the competitions in june, I, june or july and like that's literally when fasting i think fasting like in t- sophomore year was like around june and so i would i that year actually was my first year in my new club and i like had a new coach and she was like she was so much harder than my old coach so it was like a year of like hard training and like for me it was hard training um especially in spring break we had like a like a spring break camp to prepare for the summer nationals so it was like me constantly working and that year was the year that I was the most like it was my peak in terms of my fencing um performance like I was doing really good in competitions like better than my previously so I was like I was on a like you know on a roll and then like Ramadan came and I had to just stop and it was really hard because like I was really looking forward to like summer nationals and doing really well because of how well I was doing the entire year um but I had to stop unfortunately for Ramadan but like you know how like you know during Ramadan like there's one week that we can't pray so we can't fast so um during that week I did try to go. In and like practice as much as possible, but I cannot do what you did. Like, I I don't, you said that it's doable, but I cannot imagine how that's doable. I remember in gym, like, I said this story before, but uh, gym, I think last year we had to run a mile and I was fasting, and he was like, Oh, you'll get a gift, you'll get a zero if you don't do the gym work. So I was like, I can't get a zero. So I actually did the work and I died. It was so hard, like, I, you know, um i can't imagine doing like four miles while fasting on no food no like i can't no like that does not sound humanly possible like honestly like whoever can do that is y'all are y'all are strong like
0: <laughs> I no, think- seriously that's like you have a superpower <laughs> you have a yeah. superpower being able to do that i mean like also just like the meticulousness of your schedule like the, the way you yeah. kind of figured everything out like props to you like that takes definitely a lot of dedication and then kind of talking to everyone involved with your sport too trying to get them all to kind of understand and Mm. accommodating like that probably took a lot from you but the way you're able to figure it out like definitely something that I think other people can use as an example of
1: what to do I Mm -hmm. think honestly also it really it changes for every person so I think the reason why I was able to do that is because like I said I had the proper training before like my Mm. body
2: right
1: so it's really different let's say like we have another sport to compare it to but like um you need to be like if you're planning to train during Ramadan then you need to be strong enough to do that mm. do you know I mean? In your body there's a certain like level of fitness you need mm. to because of course if you go into it and you're like doing a really hardcore sport and then uh, you're not like super fit or you're not conditioned or whatever and your body's not ready for that Obviously if you go and like and you work super hard during Ramadan all of a sudden If your body's not ready for that kind of training yet, obviously you're gonna like pass out like it's not mm. But I think if you're really committed to that and you work up to that and you're strong and you're capable Your body's ready for it and you're also mentally um I know for me obviously it was Ramadan So like faith my faith like really power that um you have to be very mentally strong mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, And I'm really thirsty and I'm hungry, but I know my body has it in it. Like, I know my body's strong enough. I know I I ate enough this morning. I have enough water in me. So it hurts, but I'm going to keep going because I can. Like, God's got me. Like, I'm not going to die, you know, because my body is strong enough. So I think, one, you have to really know your limits. Be careful. Don't be, like, don't, like get in over your head and be like oh I can do it like whatever I don't need the training or I don't need this kind of I don't need to eat this like if you didn't eat so take the day off like you don't have to you know what I mean but I think that's key is really making sure your body is prepared beforehand and plan Mm -hmm. ahead you want to do that it is possible you just you need to be ready because if your body is already acclimated to that um of course fasting is going to be another toll but your body knows how to deal with the stress like the physical stress of like training or whatever kind of training you're doing so really just like working your body up to that and then making sure you're fueling yourself and taking breaks so know your limits if you're feeling lightheaded or you feel like you just cannot do it don't do it just take the day off and then like adjust your training and take that as your best day or something like that so it's definitely possible i think you just have to be ready and you know i just repeated myself a lot my bad (laughs)
2: no 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 no, no. that makes a lot of sense and that's that's really interesting to like know that like if you're gonna do it you need to like it needs like the lead up to it has to be like meticulous and it it's important that you're prepared to do it you can't just like go in like yeah
1: (laughs) to sum that one up i mean like let's say for instance like in running if you can't run six miles easy Mm. like beforehand you're not going to be you know what i mean mm. so like um i don't know you have like a core schedule and you can do 60 push-ups 60 crunches blah, blah, blah. and you're like if you can do that good and like strong and like without you know breaking down before ramadan mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you'll be able to do it during ramadan but don't try to up your your training i think that's something that my coaches did mm. during ramadan Is they said this is what you could do before. We're not going to try to push you to new heights during Ramadan. You know, maintain. That's really, I think, what you should also plan to do is just maintenance during Ramadan.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I like couldn't imagine trying to like PR or you know like learn new exercises like during Ramadan, like being completely drained. Like I think the main focus, I guess, for athletes would be like not to lose any of your conditioning or lose any of your strength like while you're fasting. So that makes a lot of sense that your coaches kind of approached it from that angle. <laughs> so going off of kind of all the talk about, you know, training heavily. So even for people that maybe aren't athletes, um, what would you guys recommend is the best way for them to just stay active during Ramadan, even if they don't, they really play a sport or have like a regimen of that kind?
1: Um, I think nutrition is like really key. <laughs> I said that a million times, but nutrition and also um, if you're not on like a, very like strict training schedule for sport or something i think it's much easier to manage um after like you break your fast during those hours um you know like to create a schedule for yourself and um definitely like do other stuff like it can you can be productive while like getting fit or staying fit you know during Ramadan um nutrition is so key and it's really hard during Ramadan (laughs) at least i found for me but um Create a plan beforehand, and it's sometimes it's hard to stick to. You're not out. You, sometimes you're not gonna. You know, maybe you'll have something that you weren't supposed to, but it's fine. You know what I mean? Um, I think just set your intent beforehand um, and find like exercises or whatever that works for you that you find fun. Because if you pick something that like you hate, you know what I mean, like a kind of physical ex- exercise that you really can't stand. You're not gonna you know once you're like you just gouged out on uh iftar and you're tired and just want not go to sleep you're not gonna do it (laughs) like it has to be something that you actually enjoy you know um and yeah so that and like nutrition i think just make sure you're eating right so you can fuel your body and um so that you're not completely tired at the end of the day and you can actually you know have the motivation to stay fit
0: (laughs) yeah i mean that sounds like solid advice to me i think Um, a lot of people just like what what Sophia was saying earlier they just feel like okay it's Ramadan time like they might be feeling a little bit too weak which completely understandable like especially in the warmer months it gets pretty you know difficult just in general just like existing gets difficult on top of that fasting as well like it can definitely be a challenge but um, I think kind of getting things done after you've eaten and after thought kind of sounds like the best way to maybe approach it so that you know you're not you know kind of diminishing your own health through the process so yeah sorry also um,
1: <laughs> um and also you have to really believe that your body is like capable I think a lot of the time and of course be careful like know your limit because if you have like a health condition or something and you know like your body can't go there then don't but a lot of the time we really underestimate like ourselves feel like oh I'm not feeling well or I'm tired or this or that but your body can do so much more than than you really think it can. Um, just because you're tired, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think we underestimate it a lot of the time and you're a lot stronger than you think. So, um, and that's, I think, a really big part of, like, starting a fitness journey in general is just, like, that belief of, like, okay, yeah, I'm tired and maybe my body is achy and maybe I don't feel good. But it's not, you're not supposed to feel great every time you go and exercise. That's the whole point of exercise. It's going to give you endorphins. You're going to feel great after. So, um... I think just use that as motivation because I think a lot of time we use that as an excuse, you know? During Ramadan is, oh, I'm so tired. Okay, get to work, buddy. <laughs> like, it's doable, you know?
2: <laughs> oh, sorry. <No>. I like <laughs> I like that. I like what you said, though. Like, you use that as an excuse, like, during Ramadan. But, like, it should feel – it should motivate us to actually start, you know? that's yes, I like that. Because I know personally I haven't fenced in – months like i haven't like done any like real physical activities since maybe august because like as seniors we had like sats and stuff so i was like really busy in the fall and then college apps came and then you know january came and i was just like not doing anything that's just like my fault um so i was like wondering is it possible for me to start during ramadan is it even worth starting ramadan like if i didn't start in january is it worth starting in april when ramadan's like are finally here and you know hearing you say like that it's it's possible and that we like like even like if i like say you know do a jog like when, during the eating hours at least like even that is enough and it's like better to start now than never so i i think i i you know listening to you has has inspired me to you know take 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 the initiative to actually start you know yeah
1: i think we have to look at it also like as muslim from the faith perspective mm God did not make your body that weak. He did not stay fast and uh, become, like, you know, super unfit. That He wouldn't have done that. And if you look at the life of Prophet Muhammad Wasallam, do you think he just sat around and did nothing during Ramadan? You know what I mean? he just gorge out on, on food and then just sit there all um, too. two t- No, you know what I mean? He stayed fit, too. That's such a big part of Islam. God made your body capable. Your body is amazing. He did not make it weak, you know what I mean? It's kind of an insult to just let it, you know? or to um you know not use your body to its best capability i guess
2: yeah yeah like i don't know about like i mean obviously you don't do this but like i do i i uh during marathon i just like come home from school and i take a nap until like maybe five and then i do i try try to do my homework i'm like really really hungry so it's really hard to like focus but i try to do my homework until like gifts uh a star. and i think that like schedule has made me like really lazy during Ramadan. I really don't do anything, you know, so I think maybe I should like this year starting from this year like try to be more active and try to be like less like like sluggish because of fasting and don't like use that as an excuse to not do anything yeah mm-hmm.
1: I think we have to really find a balance between. One, like, being kind to yourself and your body because... And uh, and also having the self-discipline to say, get up and go, like, you don't want to, but do it. I think it's a very slippery slope sometimes because if you, I guess uh inflict too much of that self-discipline or whatever a lot of times some people i guess they become obsessive and it can get really unhealthy too you know what i mean and you can fall into unhealthy like, restrictive habits or um too like you're over exercising or whatever but you also have to be kind you know just find the balance for you between you No, know, use your faith as a muslim everybody probably that's listening to this is a muslim so use your faith and um also your knowledge that your body can do so much more than you think it can so be kind but also, um, you know, it is possible to get bit, I
0: guess. <laughs> oh, definitely. I think using, I mean, like, I know, I'll just use, like, oh, it's so hot outside, I can't go outside right now, just as an excuse not to do anything. And then Ramadan kind of piles on top of that, and then you're able to kind of justify it more in your head. But I think it's important to remember, like, yeah, like, God did make this amazing body for us, and it can do more than maybe we think. And I feel like internalizing that is a process in, in, in and of itself, and, like, I haven't done it yet. I don't know about you guys. I think, Amira, you kind of have kind of gotten that down. And I think that should be kind of to anyone listening, kind of something to, you know, to preach and kind of understand yourself so you kind of understand that, you know, it's doable. Everything's doable if you can give yourself the proper, obviously, nutrition and proper care.
2: Um, I We've talked about so many, like so many relatable experiences that we've all like three of us have shared as Muslima athletes and I think it our listeners who are watching who are athletes will really find the stuff that we we're talking about relatable and like probably things that they've experienced themselves and I think it's really exciting for us to like I, I feel like when I was an athlete I never had any like I didn't have any Muslim telling me like their experiences I never really under like realized that like I wasn't alone in these experiences so I hope that this episode like serves mm-hmm. that purpose and like you know is consoling to all the muslim athletes out there and like let's you know that like you're not alone and these have these things happen to all of us you know the the awkward moments with our coaches the awkward moments with our teammates the problems with our hijab and finding the right like wardrobe for for you know your sport um all of it we've all gone through it so inshallah we hope the best for your sport your journey with your sport and um we hope that listening to our experiences, um, both me and Amna's and also Mira's experiences will help you.
0: We hope these experiences will kind of help you frame the way that your sports seasons are going and kind of, you know, maybe better yourself during a time of Ramadan where there can be a lot of stress involved with sports and kind of what decisions to make. So we hope listening to these experiences kind of helped you um, have more motivation and, you know, know how to treat your body and amira definitely had a lot to offer had a lot of tips so maybe you could use her as a model and we know we'll definitely be using her as a model i will be staying in touch so hopefully this did everything for you guys that it did for us and thank you so much for tuning in um our social media is <laughs> our instagram <internet laughs> is at growing up well underscore and make sure to check us out on spotify and i don't know why i don't know this but is it also on apple music
2: it's on Apple Podcasts, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave a review and give us five stars because it helps. <laughs> and Amira, where can they check you out?
1: Um, I don't have much social media, but I do have Instagram um, at Amibra, A-M-I-B-R-U-H-H. <laughs> um, And, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. And thank you so much for having me on. It was so great talking to you both.
0: Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for being here with us and giving us all this insight, all this like scoop on your sports experiences. I know a lot of times people don't really talk about it. So thanks for coming on here and kind of being vocal about all the experiences you've had so that maybe other Muslims can learn from that and do better, you know, for themselves. Of course, <laughs> you've done a really good job as it is. So really honored to have you. Thank you so much. And we'll see you guys next episode. Bye. Bye.